The following sermon was preached at Selma Community Church, a church in Jefferson City that exists to build communities of transformed disciples who live for the glory of God by connecting people to Christ in community. For more information, you can find it at www.somajc.org. Peace be with you. Try that again. Peace be with you. You guys doing all right this Christmas Eve? All right, so, so let me ask real quick, has everybody finished shopping? I see some unsure people. If you don't know, uh, Walmart is ludicrous right now, okay? So uh, may, may the odds ever be in your favor. It's Christmas Eve, as we all know. And um, it's it funny because I was, I was talking to one of my kids, uh, and, and they said, what is Christmas Eve, Daddy? Which I love questions like that, but I hate them because there's not really like a clear answer, right? Where you're just like, oh, Christmas Eve is the eve of Christmas. Like, like it's not a good answer, right? Like, and you're trying to explain it and think about, like, what does it mean to be Christmas Eve? And, you know, we we don't even know what an eve is. But an eve, just, and I looked up the definition to make sure I got it right. An eve means the evening before something, like Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, or even All Hallows Eve, which is Halloween, by the way. If we're not familiar, Halloween is actually the eve of All Saints Day. Uh, which used to be the holiest day on the Christian calendar, where we celebrated all the martyrs that went before us. Uh, so that's where Halloween comes from. It's all Hallows Eve. So Eves are, are usually the, the beginning before something large, like the New Year or Christmas. However, it also can mean something right before something's about to happen, right? So it's just the eve of your child graduating high school. I remember my mom, the night before I graduated high school, cried. I thought it was weird. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm leaving the house. You should be happy. But she's like, my baby's growing up. Or, you know, it's, it's that Eve. It's, you know what's coming next. And it's kind of big for you, right? It, it's, it's something's happening. And, and, and you've done it. I mean, if, if you have little ones, you've probably gone to, like, the kindergarten graduation, which I always found goofy. Because, like, they're, they're leaving kindergarten. They have shapes. And they know a phone number. Good job. But, you know, they put the little hat on. And then you see the parents like, oh. I'm sure the night before, they're like, my baby's growing up. And they're like, yes, because they know what a square is, right? You know, so... There's all those things. But there's also, uh, you know, the eve of retirement. Sometimes right before you retire and they have the party and the day before you leave, they'll give you a plaque or a watch. They'll celebrate you. They'll have a party for you. I remember uh, my mom's retirement party when they had a party for her. But when, some of you may remember the eve of something great in your life. And sometimes you can even feel the significance of the moment of what that eve was. Perhaps you remember the eve of welcoming your first child into the home. Maybe doing something significant in your job. Maybe you remember the eve of a moment just before it came. Maybe you're like me and you get excited for the eve before a vacation. Maybe I'm the only one. I get excited the eve before, right? And then usually by the time I get back from my vacation, I need a vacation from my vacation. But like you, you, you have that eve of like, I get to go. I get to turn off. Well, on this Christmas Eve, I want to mention the eve of, of something greater. Because we talk about Christmas Eve, and it's a part of what we do. But th- there's three great occasions uh, in, in our life and in our world that we have to talk about when we talk about Christmas Eve. And I, and I just want to dig into those tonight quickly. I'm not going to hold you all that long. I know some of us still have to wrap presents, I being one of them. So, like, I, I don't want to hold you too long. But I want you to have the opportunity to hear what this is all about. There's three points tonight. I'll keep them simple. The first one is this. This is the eve of a great Savior. Folks, we need a Savior. Let's just say, I, I saw a card the other day, um, and it was an agnostic friend of mine that puts sarcastic stuff up, and, and she put it up, and she goes, I got the greatest Christmas card ever, and it was the major scene, and it was like a silhouette of it, and on the, on the bottom it says, spoiler alert, he dies. And then I liked it, because, I mean, she's right, 
He does. That's what he came to do, right? And she's like, why would you like that? I'm like, why wouldn't I like that? As a Christian, I love that. Like, that's the whole point of him coming. Good job. I'm preaching the gospel, right? Like, you thought you were being, you know, like, ha, 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 jab, jab. I'm like, no, Jesus, good job. Yeah, spoiler alert, he dies. But we need a great Savior. And ever since the entrance of sin into the world, we have needed a Savior. We, we call that, if you've come to some before, we call uh, Genesis chapter 3 like that line in the sand, the dumpster fire event, right? Sin enters the world. And ever since then, it's just been, it's just been wrong. In, in Genesis 3.15, the Garden of Eden, God pronounces a, a, a curse on the serpent, who's the devil, and a prophecy of hope in the world concerning a Savior who will be born. And God says, he says, I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and the offspring, and he will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. We preached on that a few weeks ago. And from the very beginning of sin coming into the world, we're looking forward to a great Savior. We've always looked forward to a great Savior. One who will bring salvation to the world. One who will rescue us from sin. One who will crush the head of Satan. There, that was a great eve of a great savior into a world. That's part of Christmas Eve. Is understanding that that is what's coming. There's also an eve of a great savior in our own lives. You see, for many of us, there was a time that we didn't have Jesus. I, I call those my BC days, before Christ, right? And now I have my AD days. And I'm two different men, though I'm the same person. I'm two different men from those places. There's a time when you've been lost in your sin, and it's a moment in the eve of your salvation when God reached out to you and brought you hope. He brought you hope. He brought you salvation by the work of a great Savior. He brought you to your knees. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 the, Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle John tells us this on John 3.16. We're going to put it on the screen. You probably already know it, but I want you to see it just because I don't want you to think I'm making stuff up. So here it is. John 3, 16, it says this. For God so loved the world in this way, that he gave his only, one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But then it keeps going. It keeps going. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be, what's that word? Saved. Saved through him. Saved through him. You see, the eve of Jesus coming is the eve of, of us having salvation through him. That, that's what this is about. The world was cursed. The world is cursed by sin and by death. But God fixed that promise, uh, that problem by sending the greatest blessing this world's ever seen. Now, listen, if you're married, you're probably looking at your wife going, oh, you're my greatest blessing. She's second. Jesus is first, right? It, let's just admit it. Let's just call it out now, right? When you look at it, It's the greatest blessing you've ever had. And if you've never had that blessing, I implore you tonight before you leave, you get it. Some of you may be on the eve right now of experiencing that great Savior. I can tell you what it's like. It's amazing. This morning I had an event that uh, I thought was hilarious. Um, I was sitting right here in the front row. I was looking through my Bible, and an old picture of the day I got baptized fell out. I keep it in my Bible. And my youngest son picked it up and said, who's this? And I said, it's me. And he goes, no, it's not. And I said, yes, it is, buddy. No. Then he shows it to his sister. He's like, is this daddy? And she goes, yeah, it's daddy. He's like, no, it's not. And he just kind of <laughs> kept it moving. So then, just for fun, on the front of my Bible, I have a, a picture from when my wife and I got engaged, our engagement pictures. And so I keep that on the front page of my Bible. So I showed him that. I said, look at this. He goes, that's mommy. She's pretty. Who's that? 
that's me, buddy. That's, <laughs> it's still me. Doesn't look like you. You know, what are we doing here, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to listen to the sermon and take notes and hearing him argue with me, arguing with a seven-year-old this whole time. I'm like, no, that's me. But it's funny because that was, that was me growing in Christ. And I can tell you from that time what was like before Christ and what's like after Christ, right? I can tell you what that time in my life looked like. I can tell you the change in my life. And when you're on the eve of something, then I will tell you this. It may be hard, but you should give yourself to him now. Don't let this be the eve anymore. Let it be the reality that Christ is yours and you are his. Let him save you and experience his love and salvation. This Christmas Eve, remember that you're on the eve of a great savior, but don't let it stay there. The second point is this. It's the eve of a great life. This is the eve of a great life. Some of you can remember vividly what life was like without Jesus. Some of you can also remember what life, uh, uh, what, what it's like to have your life, but not realize the great depth and blessings of God. S- sometimes we get in there. I, a couple weeks ago, we did an affordable Christmas here. It was really fun. And then afterwards, some of us went to the Mexican restaurant down the street. Now, if you're like me, any Mexican restaurant is dangerous because of, of, of the thing they bring you to the table. Everybody know what they bring to the table? They bring your drinks and like the 100 ounce glasses. I don't know where they get those things from. And then they bring you what? What do they bring you? Chips and salsa. Chips, it doesn't matter what you order after that. You're not going to finish it because you have chips and salsa. And then they have the audacity to go, do you want dessert? No. I've eaten three and a half baskets of chips and salsa. I have no, nothing left. Nothing at all. But like we eat chips and salsa and we're dipping and talking. And, and you know, it just passes the time. If you go to other places, they just give you like a loaf of bread. They're like, here's a loaf of bread and a knife. And I'm like, why, why, why? Just hack at it. Have fun. It'll be good. And we do it, and we talk, and we fill our time. And have you ever noticed that you, like, you look on the menu, you see something good, you go, oh, I cannot wait to have this. You're, you're hungry, your stomach's rumbling, and you're chipping away, and you're talking, you're watching TV, everything's good. And then your food comes, they drop it, you know, they carry 43 plates on their, their arm, and they're, they're dropping it on the thing, and you get it in front of you, and you're like, I can't eat this. Well, why? Because I just got done with my second basket of chips, and they're about to bring my third. I'm sitting here squeezing lime and putting salt over it, getting ready for it. Some of us, because we, we haven't taken our faith seriously, have, have been on the chips and salsa level of our faith. We've been eating and chomping and enjoying and getting full up on that. But there's a main course that's so much deeper. And I just want to challenge you. Maybe you're on the eve of going a little bit deeper in your faith this year. Maybe you're on the eve of not filling up on all of just the, the, the filler stuff on the outside, but maybe getting to the main course of something that is so much deeper than it. So much deeper that when you actually dig into God's word and let him dig into you, you find a great life that is behind it because you actually realize the depth of God and the depth of his great blessings in your life. Because coming to a great savior who was born a major, grew up to be a man, gave his life on the cross and rose from the dead, were now set free from uh, sin and death to live a great life, which doesn't mean you live a chips and salsa life. Romans 1 tells us about this. I'll put it on the screen so you can read it. It says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because, listen, because the law and the spirit of Christ, uh, the, uh, the spirit of life in Christ have set you free from the law of sin and death. You are set free. Some of us, all 2023, have been stuck in a cycle of sin, doing the same thing over and over and over. We cannot find depth in our faith because we're eating chips and salsa and we are happy with it. But there's so much more. There's so much more to life in God. 
And when you give yourself completely to him, he'll give you so much more. Peter says this in, 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 in our life. He says that Jesus is a living hope. He says in 1 Peter 3 and 4, he says this, Blessed be the God, the Father, the Lord Jesus, because of his great mercy, he has given us a new birth and living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into the inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and unfading, kept, uh, kept in heaven for you. Our hope, your hope, my hope, is found in the heavenly blessings of God. That's where our hope is found. Before Jesus, we were on the eve of a great life. In Jesus, we have living hope. That's what you have, living hope. Some of you are so close to experiencing this great life. And I'm not talking about your life's going to be perfect, you're going to win the lottery, and all your family's going to be happy, and nobody's going to argue over the holidays. Please do not believe that. Read the Bible. It ain't, you know, they, they have their own problems, right? That's not what I'm talking about. But a great life in Christ is so much more. You see, when you look forward to what's tomorrow... It bring, what, what, what Christmas actually brings, you look forward with anticipation. And your life in Christ will help you to look forward in anticipation for what God has for you. Finally, let's remember that we're now in the eve of a great eternity. The eve of a great eternity. As we read earlier, Peter spoke of his inheritance that is imperishable. It can't go anywhere. It, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's in heaven kept for you and for me. It's a part of that inheritance is a great eternity with God. That, that's part of the eternities that you get. And, and it, the beauty part is that our creator and God, our father, you get, you get community with him right now. This inheritance is, in, is, is secured by the work of Jesus Christ. Not you. You can't do anything. He did it for you. Listen, this is what Revelation, again, it'll be on the screen, 22, 1 through 5 says. I want you to see it. This is right here. Then the angel, then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God uh, of the Lamb, down in the middle of the city, the main street, the tree of life on each side, the river bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing a fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were healing for the nations, verse 3. And there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God uh, uh, and of the Lamb will be in the city. His servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need light of a lamp nor the light of a sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign with him forever and ever. No matter what you're going through right now, we know that you are on the eve of a great eternity with God who will take away your sin and your suffering and your pain. And you can live a life with him forever. Christmas made that possible. Christmas is what made that possible. You see, Jesus himself spoke about this eternity. Jesus himself spoke about the eternity that would come through him. In John 11 and 25, he, he says that when he talked to Martha, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus pointing to himself. I am the resurrection of life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That wasn't just a question for Martha. That was a question for you. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said to him. This is what Martha said. Yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Folks, that's the question you have to answer yourself. Do you believe it? And by the way, by the way, if you believe it, it should show somewhere in your life. It should show somewhere in our lives. It, it should reflect somewhere. Because if you believe that, then you know you're on the eve of a great eternity. The coming of Jesus into our world brought the promise of a great eternity. 
The coming of Jesus into our world shows the heavenly blessings that he wants to give you forever and ever. And so as you remember Christmas Eve, look forward to what Christmas is tomorrow. Look forward to waking up and opening presents and, and maybe taking the, the coordinated pajama picture. I've seen those a lot on Facebook, right? And, 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 and celebrating with family or maybe seeing cousins you haven't seen all year. All that fun stuff. Also remember that God has already brought great days to you. And you're on the eve of something bigger. That he will continue to bring all kinds of blessings. And I want you to enjoy those blessings. And as you open those gifts, open those gifts, but make sure that you have the gift of a Savior that's in front of you. Make sure you have a gift of Jesus who's given you everything. Remember your great Savior. Experience a great life. And look forward to a great eternity. Because if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't enjoyed God's blessing, I beg you to turn to him today. Because that would be the best present you could ever open. Every year that we've done this church, we've, we've had this Advent wreath that's been here. And we've done the different candles to celebrate different things for Advent. Uh, we've talked about love and peace and joy and the fullness of God. All these, we've walked through each of these candles and we've lit them. The, the, the first uh, purple candle, uh, we asked God to be our shepherd. That was the one up here on, the, uh, on your right. And then the second one, we asked him to come forgive our sins. And as he died on the cross, and that's how we can be forgiven. And then we lit the the pink one, and that that was for joy. Even in uh, uh, our our hardest times, we want to be joyful for what Christ has done and how he has come. And and matter of fact, he, he will wipe every tear from your eye. He wipes every tear from your eye. Today we lit the fourth candle and remember Christ, who would come as the son, the son of Mary, the son of David, the son of God. The Son is to be born, Emmanuel, God with us. And today, as we celebrate the the Eve of the Good Shepherd, as we celebrate that, who will come again, we light the Christ candle. That is this middle candle here. We light the Christ candle, and we do something a little bit different. The reason we blow out all the others is because they're all fulfilled in him. He is our joy. He is our peace. He's our shepherd. He's all of those. A lot of times at the end of our services, we'll come down front, we'll do communion together, we'll break the bread, we'll dip into the juice, and we remember what Christ has done to us as a symbol to remind you and me what Christ has done in your life. The fact that he had his body broken, that he shed his blood for you and I. The reason why we do that is because we want to celebrate with him week in and week out and be reminded and renewed in our mind all the things he's done. But today we light the candle with great joy and celebration because Christ is born in Bethlehem. Obviously not right now, but he was 2,000 years ago. He was born in Bethlehem, and spoiler alert, he dies. The reason he dies is to give you and I the life that we don't deserve because he lived that life for us. He gives you all of it so that you one day can stand with his father, with your father in heaven forever and ever and ever for all eternity and not it be on the eve of eternity, but for all eternity to celebrate the goodness of God. And so here's what I ask you to do tonight. 
If that's true for you as it is for me, I ask you to take this candle and come down and light it off a Christ candle. I ask you to light off a Christ candle, not each other's, because we should receive our light from Him and Him alone. Because God in heaven has no grandchildren as much as I think He should have grandchildren. He doesn't. He has children. And so when I baptized my little girl, I got to call her my sister in Christ. I invite you to grab your candle, to come down and light off a Christ candle, to remember what He has done for you on the eve of this great joy. Thank you for listening to the audio of Soma Community Church located in Jefferson City. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for the content or alter it in any way without express written permission. For more information about Soma, please visit us at www.somajc.org.